church, uh, you know, it's beautiful to follow Jesus together. And this morning, Melindy gave me some feedback to say my, my focused face, my focused face is so scary, you know. So with the biggest smile ever, I'd like to hand over to you, Melindy. I hope that this is not scary. <laughs> Can we please just give her a hand? Amen. Okay, you got me back there. I don't even have a comeback. I was just making some space here because ever since um, we were married, we were married now for, I don't know, 20 years, 22, 2018, something, many years. Ever since we were married, Hanre has been like almost threatening me with this cause or actually. Um, making me very excited about this course that he wants to present. And the course is called Know Your Body. Because he says, I don't know my own body, and I've got the proof. Because I can show you coffee table, bed, table, <laughs> kitchen cabinet. So that's why I needed to make some space here, just for, for your sake and for my sake. Because I, I have made the, the error of falling down in front of the church before. But that's a story for another day. I really did. So this morning, my name is Melindy, and this morning I have the privilege and daunting task to speak, you, speak to you about the biblical women, God's calling for women. And I was very tempted to wear my pink pantsuit this morning and bring freshly cut flowers from my garden and telling you, take out your lipsticks, tell yourself that you are beautiful. But I don't own a pink pantsuit. And there's no flowers in my garden, not even in the season that there's supposed to be flowers. And while I was preparing this morning and I prepped to do this dry joke, I realized that I don't even know if a pink pantsuit is trendy right now. So none of that. But this morning, I want to invite you to go on this path with me to discover God's heart. And I'm going to pray for us for open hearts, especially if you are not a woman, because I do believe that if we really want to learn about God and understand who He is fully, then we will miss out if we don't know what His heart is for women. So let's just close our eyes. Father God, thank you so much for this amazing day. Thank you for the sun that's shining outside, and thank you that your seasons tells us so much of, of your heart for us, because every time after we have a few gloomy days and with rain and it's dark outside, the sun comes out again. Father God, in this morning, I want to pray that you will give us messages of hope, and I know that some people here also need messages of healing, and I pray that you will open our hearts, that we truly hear what you have for us this morning. Amen. So the other day in my car, I heard the first sentence of a talk. It was a lady speaking. I don't know what, what she was speaking about, but I only heard the first sentence, and she said this, I grew up never quite fitting into the mold of what it meant to be a woman. I didn't have to hear any more of that before I could really identify with that, and I think most of us can. Because somehow, at some point, we all fail to live up to someone's standards. Did you know that if you type in the words, the, the true essence of being a woman, you find 6,214 million results. That is a lot of molds to try and fit into. The Christian author and speaker, 
Miles Monroe said the following. He said, if the purpose of something is not known, misuse or abuse is inevitable. How then can we know what biblical womanhood is? Where can we go? Because we cannot even go to the internet. Because I tried, and the only thing you find is people, mostly women, speaking about the redemption of biblical womanhood. Whatever does that mean? Or you find ladies in ug- oh, women, not ladies, women in ugly co- clothes with voortrekker hairstyles, and you don't want to listen to that because I'm fearing that I will start to look like that. What is then the answer? We are busy with a, a series called The War on Wisdom because we are in a war. It's a spiritual war. The war started the day that man chose to go a different direction than the counsel of God. A war in which you can decide, a person can decide the truth for he or him or them or they self. And all of us become victims of abuse. We are in desperate, desperate need of wisdom. We are fighting this war by going back to the source. We want to move away from the 6,200 million opinions and get back to the heart of God. What did he say when he created women? Today we will take a glimpse at God's heart for women. I want you to, if you want to read with me, the slide's going to be up as well, but you can open your Bible at Genesis 2. When no bush of the field was yet in the land, and no small plant of the field had yet sprung up, for the Lord God had not caused it to rain on the land, and there was no man to work the ground, and a mist was going up from the land and was watering the whole face of the ground, then the Lord formed the man of dust from the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And the man became a living creature. And the Lord God planted a garden in Eden in the east, and he put the man whom he had formed, and out of the ground the Lord made to spring up every tree that is pleasant to the sight and good for food. The tree of life was in the midst of the garden, and the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Verse 18. Then the Lord said, It is not good that man should be alone. I will make him a helper fit for him. So the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon the man, and while he slept, took one of his ribs and closed up its place with flesh. And the rib that the Lord God had taken from man, he made into a woman and brought her to the man. Then the man said, This is at last bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. Now we don't know if it happened exactly like this, but I do believe that there's a reason why the story was written like this. It's like a poetic build-up. Because in Genesis 1, we read the story of creation, and the words, it was good, is repeated over and over. And then we go to Genesis 2, and the same story is told again, in a slightly different order. And the storyteller came to abrupt, it is not good, a climax. Because it said, it is not good that man alone... I will make a helper fit for him. Creation was not good without women. We need to hear that it is good 
that we are here. Someone once said that the beauty of the David sculpture lies in the fact that Michelangelo knew when to stop chiseling away at the marble. He knew when it was complete. Creation was not complete. For creation to be complete, women needed to be in it. John Piper said the following, John, true womanhood is a distinctive calling of God that displays his son in a way that would not have been displayed if there were no womanhood. I'm going to read it again. True womanhood is a distinctive calling of God that displays his son in a way that would not have been displayed if there were no womanhood. To be a woman is a calling from God. It's a calling from God. I think what we often do as women is we see ourselves as the weaker party. We say that we are strong. We shout, we are equal. But in our hearts, we believe that we are subordinate. We even read the Bible that way. We see the Bible as letters to men, and of course, it's also applicable to women. We read Genesis 2, and we read, it is not good that man should be alone. I will make him a helper fit. And we hear, we were made for man as a helper made. We are not even in Genesis 3 yet, and we are deceived by the snake. We don't understand what God meant for us. The word helper, the Hebrew word is azer. It means help that brings victory. It's mentioned 21 times in the Bible. The first time when God spoke about Eve. The other time they spoke about God. In Deuteronomy 33 verse 26, it says the following. There is no one like the God of Yeshurun who rides the heavens to help you, to aze you. If this is what God's saying about Eve, if this is what he's saying about us as women, then this is what we are bringing to the table. Help that brings victory. Victorious. We need to hear and believe that it was God's idea to make women. We need to hear and believe that women were made for God. Not for him. Not for them. For God. In Colossians 1 verse 16, the following is written. For by him all things were created. In heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities or women, all things were created through him and for him. Romans 1 verse 20. For ever since the world was created, people have seen the earth and sky. Through everything God made, they can clearly see his invisible qualities. When God looks at women, he sees something of himself. He puts something of him in us. He put something of him in us that he put, didn't put in something else. It's only in women. I believe that we, if we hear this, that we are called by God 
to be women. It was God's idea that we were created for Him. Only then can we truly surrender in what it means to be a woman of God. God calls us to be gracious. In Proverbs 11 verse 16, it says, A gracious woman gets honor, and violent men gets riches. The English dictionary says, Gracious is gentle, kind, and polite. Such a nice scripture, isn't it? So beautiful, but so easy to miss or to read over or to think of it as something we read at the, at the back of the bathroom stall on a pink laminated poster. If we don't read it like it was intended, Matthew Poole says, if you read it in Hebrew, it becomes a woman of grace and favor, one who by her meekness and modesty and prudence and other virtues renders herself acceptable and amiable to God and to men. I want to show you the picture of grace and meekness. That is grace and meekness. Did you know that according to the USCB Science Foundation and the National Science Foundation or something like that, let me read, National Science Foundation of the country, contrary to popular belief, the lioness is actually stronger than the male runner. She is the stronger runner and hunter. I've got a friend, Neil Steinman, and he's a, he calls himself a lay expert on lion. And he said that the strength and future of a pride lies in the lioness. The lion brings the stability. The lioness brings the strength and the power. Meekness is an attitude or quality of heart whereby a person is willing to accept and submit without resistance to the will and desire of someone. Jesus showed the ultimate example of meekness when he submitted to the Father and died for us on the cross. When we are called to be gracious women of God, we are called to follow in the footsteps of Jesus. We read about a woman of God, a gracious woman of God in Luke 1, Mary, the mother of Jesus. Listen to this. And he came to her and said, that's the angel, Greetings, O favorite one, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. What is so beautiful about the scripture is that it is said that God found favor with Mary before she has achieved anything. The Bible doesn't tell us what age she was when, when you get married in, in the Bible, but they are quite sure she couldn't have been more than 18 years old. Mary was a teenager. God is coming to her and say, I have found favor in you when she was a teenager. In ancient Israel, a teenager could not achieve much, especially when she's a girl. Yet God is saying that before she was married, before she was a, woman, um, a mother. Why? Why did God say that? We find the answer in verse 38. Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me 
according to your word. We see the reason why she was favored by God. It is because she sought his heart. Mary shows us what it means to be a gracious woman of God. It's the woman that searches God with all her heart. An angel comes to her, shake her world, and all his plans becomes her plans. I don't think it was Mary's plan to become pregnant as a teenager, unmarried teenager in Israel. In today, that is frowned upon. In those days, you were publicly executed. I don't think it was Mary's dream as a young mother to flee with one or two children out of country in the middle of the night. I don't think it was Mary's plan. Actually, I know it wasn't her plan to see her son humiliated and dying on a cross for us. Yet, she obeyed God. His plans became her plans. Mary's life was a life of service. She showed us that being a gracious woman is about service, not status. God calls us to be gracious women, leading a life of service, a life where all his plans are our plans, a life where we follow in the footsteps of Jesus. I'm going to ask my friend Tabisa to come up now and, and share part of her story because I see so much of God in her and I see so much of a gracious woman in who she is. Tabisa, let's hear your story. Thank you, Melindy. It's so good to be here, family. My name is Tabisa, a mother of six kids. Don't ask me why I have six, but I'm blessed. Well, I am here. Oh, let me greet in also in Sizulu. Um, Sanibonani, Molueni, Huyamore. I am here to, to share my short story. It's going to be very short. About what I believe that God called me and women that are here to be women of influence. My short story goes like this. I, I wrote my story because my story is long. So I don't want to keep you here for the whole day. Being a firstborn child raised in a humble Christian home under my parents and who were and are still pastors in full gospel church of God. By humble Christian home, I mean to have no means to access good education. 
and good life due to extremely poverty. Yes. The only treasure we had was Jesus and my parent who taught us and lived out the values of Jesus Christ before us as children. They what? They taught us and live out the values. I will take just only three values. Number one is God, uh, number one is love God holy. That means honor God with all your being. Number two is love yourself. Keep your character on check. Keep your character on check. Love people as yourself. Honor all people regardless of their status, skin color, and culture. Matthew chapter 22, verse 37. That was the memory voice, the memory verse that my mother always wants us to memorize every day. Jesus said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. That time when we were growing up, we have nothing. I remember the small meat that we have. I am the first, the first born of nine kids. I am the firstborn. We were too many, but I remember one day my mother came with a small portion or small piece of meat, and we have to share. Nine kids, the total was 14 in the house. But my mother taught us how to share. All of us, we must have that meat. Because our mother bought us for that day. I know how to go to school without shoes as a little girl like this in winter. But I am so grateful today because my parents taught us about Jesus Christ. This taught me to be free from any culture and values that dishonors God and cultivate the culture 
and values of Jesus Christ. In conclusion, the woman of influence is not under the shadow of the man and does not depend on men, but under the shadow of Jesus Christ and depends on Jesus Christ. Proverbs 19:14b. But a prudent wife or woman is from the Lord, not from the men. Thank you. While we were chatting about what to say today and we were drinking coffee and, and mostly chatting about life, Pastor Linda came in, Tabitha's husband. And I don't know if you ever heard Pastor Linda um, giving a sermon. He's quite passionate. And he came in and he said he needs to tell us something and he believed that this is from God. And he was speaking and at a stage he said, you know what, ladies, I think I'm prophesying now. And he's speaking from his heart and he said such beautiful words. And he paused and looked at Abisa just for a moment. And they made eye contact and he carried on. Because he know what he have in her. She is the strength that makes him victorious. He's so passionate. He can hear God's voice so clearly. But he wants to check if it's resonating with his wife. Because we are called to be women of influence. Like Tabisa said. And we do it in different ways. God gave us all a different sphere of influence. In Proverbs 31 verse 10. It talks about the virtuous wife. We know the scripture. Most women know Proverbs 31. Not all, all of us like it, but we all know it. Now, chapter 31 starts with King Lemuel. I, I think that's how they say it. And nobody really knows who King Lemuel was. There is no um, historical evidence that he was a Jewish king. So he's, he was probably not a Jewish king. So they think one of two things. He was either a Gentile king who found God because his name, Lemuel, means belonging to God, or he was a type of king, which means a, a fic fictional king to illustrate what we should do to, to find a good woman, or they, or whatever, um, men. But listen to this. So the king's mother is speaking in verse 3, no, 2. She said, what are you doing, my son? What are you doing, son of my womb? What are you doing, son of my vows? Three times. I know when a mother speaks three times. It's as if she's saying, you are being foolish. She said, what are you doing? Do not give your heart to wrong women. Don't drink. Come up for the mute. Come up for the, the unjust. And it's just saying, you know what? Just find a virtuous wife. I'm paraphrasing a bit, but she said it three times. And virtuous, it ends so beautifully. So, sorry, it ends so beautifully in verse 30. But a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. Virtuous 
is the same word that was used when they spoke about Joshua's valiant men. The men Joshua needed on his side to walk into the promised land, to walk into the promises of God, that's virtuous. Virtuous is the same word that's used to describe the 300 men of valor of David. The 300 mighty men that fought with him when his family turned against him. The 300 men that, that protected the anointing one of God so that he could walk in his calling. God is not call, calling us to be virtuous women, to write the wimpy diary of a godly woman. He's saying, stand up and use your influence. Help people to walk in the promises of God. Help those to follow in the calling that God has called them to. That is a virtuous woman. Let me give you examples of women of influence. Esther. She was kidnapped by a heathen king, forced to marry a very, very evil man. Yet, she kept her focus on God. And because her heart was with God, with God she saved a nation. Her prayers saved a nation. Hannah, she was childless and mocked. Yet, she cried out in faith to God and gave birth to one of the most known prophets in history, Samuel. Rahab, she was a prostitute, but when she found God, she used her influence to hit people, Israelites, so that the Israelites could go into the promised land. Polly Wigglesworth, a young girl who loved God, a revival preacher, with her enthusiastic, very hard work, enthusiastic preaching, she got the attention of Smith Wigglesworth, a man who she later married. She taught him to read. She sent him to Sunday school to practice his boring, according to her preaching, on them. And he later became one of the most famous evangelists. Mary Roberts the mother of little stutterer, Oral Roberts, who kept on encouraging her son to trust God for healing for his stuttering and his TB. And him, he also became a well-known evangelist. My own mother, Marita. When I wrote the sermon, I didn't know that she was going to be here. And she didn't know that she's in my, in my sermon. But there she is. My dad was a minister in Gedomeni. And because of that, we moved quite a bit. And my mother always tells us that she knew before my dad would get that phone call all crazy hours of the day or night that we were called to another, another congregation in another town, mostly in another province. What is so amazing is that the Holy Spirit prepared my mother's heart. That by the time my dad would come to her and say, I think we call to another city, she would say, yes. Because she also searched God's heart. By the time my dad and my mom would come to us and tell us that we need to move, sometimes we felt like yet again. She spoke with the conviction that this is God's plan for our family. And she supported us 
to make the move and as easy as possible. And the last one is King Lemuel's mother in Proverbs 31. A woman who was encouraging her son to be a man of God. A woman that tried to tell her son how to find wisdom. A man after God's heart. And what did she say? Find a wife favored by God. I think the reason why we read Proverbs 31 and we don't like it is because we are thinking we need to be all that to be a woman of God. I don't think that's what God is saying. He's saying you can be any of that as long as you are seeking my heart with all you are. Then you are a woman of God. I think it is saying a virtuous woman is one that searches God with all her heart. A gracious woman who don't lose any of her strength when she's serving others. A woman with so much influence that she can help a people walk into the promises of God. My friend, the lion man, Neil, tells this story. There was a pride of lion. They called the pride the buffalo tribe. Pride. I keep on saying tribe. Pride. The buffalo pride. And the reason why they called this pride the buffalo pride is because they only fed on lion. Now, that is unusual. Most prides will feed on, I said a feed on lion, buffalo. They only fed on buffalo. Sorry. <laughs> Let's try again. It's the buffalo pride because they're only fed on buffalo. Most prides feed on different game, and they like to get buffalo because, because it's big, but it's quite tricky to hunt. This pride only fed on buffalo. They perfected their hunting skills so that they focused only on buffalo. And that, of course, caught the attention of these guys. So Neil and some other people followed them intensely for four years. The saddest thing that they found is that in four years, this pride did not succeed in growing one cup, not a single cup, to maturity. You see, they were so focused on hunting, the lionesses forgot who they were, and they gave no attention to what they actually were supposed to be looking after, the strength and the future of the pride. I believe that God is calling us this morning to be women of God. He's saying, stop focusing on the standards of the world that give you the attention of the world. He says, stand up and use your influence to be a woman who fears the Lord, because a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. If we answer to God's call as women, we show that our strength lies in who He is. This is not only for wives or younger ladies. As Mary was unmarried and very young when she found the favor of God, if you served others without needing to cry that we are equal, because our strength lies not in the fact that we are equal. Our strength lies in the fact that we are called to be helped that bring victory. We are called to be victorious. 
A woman that can use your influence to help people walk in the promises of God. I believe that God is calling us. And I believe that we are in different spaces this morning as women. And therefore, we would really like to pray for you. And I'm going to call Tabisa again. And as I was preparing for this message, I really felt that, that God wants, wants us to pray for three different women this morning. The first one is women that was abused by this. With a lot of respect, I want to say abused by what she thought Proverbs 31 asked of her. And I want those people to, to stand up so that we can pray for you. The second woman is the one who got maybe so distracted that she never got to a place, or maybe she was there, and she's not there anymore, where she said, you know what, God, all your plans are my plans. And is running after so many things because so many people is expecting so many things from her. That's the second woman we want to pray for. And then the third woman is just the woman that says, you know what? I don't care what lies behind me. Today I want to say that I want to be a woman of influence. I want to go and wherever I go, people must say that, see that I'm different. And when they ask me, it's because I know why I, who I am in God. I know who he says I am. And it doesn't matter who you say I am. I'm going to ask Tabisa to come to front. And I'm going to ask those women, if you are one of those three, to stand up and we are going to pray for you. Father God, this morning we just want to pray and we want to say that we are looking for your heart. Most of all, we just want to, to kneel before you and say, God, I want to be someone that finds favor with you. I want you to see me. I want you to see me with all that I am, with all my mistakes and all my failures. And I want you to find favor with me. God, this morning I want you to, to come and, and just be here and that the, there's so many women here that, that got abused and, and misused by the system and the, the, the molds and all the expectations of people around them. Father God, and I want you to be present right now in a way that, that we can feel it, tangible present, that we can feel that you say, my daughter I have found favor in you. Just by standing up today, we are saying that, Father God, I want to find your favor. Father God, right now, I pray that you will send healing. I pray that these women will feel Holy Spirit's touch right now. Father God, and then I want to pray this morning for all of us who so, we are so quick to chase after the standards of the world it is so easy and it's so much faster to see when people are accepting us. Father God, but today we want to say that we want your plans to be our plans. 
Holy Spirit, we want to hear your voice so clearly in our ear. We want to hear when you say, go left or go right. Stand up or stand, sit down. Be quiet or speak up. God, I pray that you will give us specific, specific guidelines and specific plans that we will wake up in the morning with a name of someone on our heart and we will respond because that's your plan for our day. Father God, and I want to pray and want to ask you to help us to be women of influence. Yes, Thank you, Lord. Um, I would like to read this word. Isaiah chapter 43, verse 18. I am reading for all women. Do not remember the former things, nor consider the things of old. Behold, I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Shall you not know it? I will even make a road in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. Thank you, Lord, for these women, Lord, that are around this building, Jesus. Give them love. Save them. I know that, God, you love us holistically, Lord. You need our whole, our heart, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Just before I give over to Sam, uh, and I want to say something, not just because this was my wife, I'm really proud of her, incredibly proud. But I, I really sense this word this morning where God says, Today, if you hear the word of the Lord, do not harden your hearts. Last week when I sat in the worship, I saw a picture of someone wearing a red jersey and their hearts were pounding. And I was really wondering, and we prayed even this morning, we prayed about it, wondering what it meant. And I was reminded, as Melanie was speaking, when I first came to the Lord, where I sat in the service, and the guy was preaching, and they were making an altar call. I remember my heart was beating like this, in my throat. And I think many of you sit here today, and you know that the Holy Spirit is speaking to you. Not even, not only what Lindy spoke about, but even what Anne spoke about when he shared what Lindy shared about sin clinging to you. And I want to beg of you today, do not quench the Holy Spirit. You know if God is speaking to you. And if God is speaking to you, respond to that. We're going to be here afterwards. If you need to pray today, if you need to speak to God, we would love to pray with you. But I know you yourself can also speak to God. Come to him and make right with him. But I beg of you today, do not harden your heart if you hear the voice of the Lord. Thank you, Sam.